Hello and welcome to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. In this series, I'll be chatting to friends about their mental health, how they cope, their support systems, advice they've learned and advice they'd like to pass on. Please note the topics in this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. On today's One in Four, I chat with Sophie Morris. Sophie and I have known each other for a while now, initially attending Pilates and bounce classes at our local gym, and more latterly, particularly through lockdown, chatting through LinkedIn. Sophie is an introvert coach, as well as stress management and resilience coach, and we chat about her work, what makes people tick, and our mutual love of books. Hi Sophie, how are you today? And I mean, how are you really not just, yes, I'm fine. How's life in general? Well, actually, I think life's pretty good. There are days that are less good, um, but generally things are okay. We're in lockdown two at the moment, and I know this podcast is going to be going out um, a bit later. So I'm hoping Mm. that things may have changed, but certainly in my household, we are all having moments that are fine and moments that are a bit more challenging. But overall, I think things are pretty good. Good. I think it's natural, isn't it? We were just saying before recording about the waves of emotions and feelings that people have been going through. So Sophie, what's what's our connection? Well, so we know each other really from the gym. I mean, I think is where we've seen each other most. Mm. And, um, and I know since then, we've sort of spoken a couple of times and connected on LinkedIn. And that's certainly where I see you most these days. Yes. So what's what's your mental health story? Well, my mental health story is, I guess I've always been obsessed with what makes people tick and I think part of that goes back to being an introvert and it's funny kind of looking back on it now as a grown-up but realise that I probably did always stand back a little bit kind of just watch what was going on Um, so I think that's one element of it I also grew up my dad had depression and while when I was younger I probably didn't understand why I certainly didn't understand Mm. exactly what it was it's did affect us he's an author and there would just sort of be this thing when he'd finish a book and he'd go a bit weird for a few days um but that and so that was just part of it I mean he's very open about it he talks about it but certainly when I was younger I didn't know what was going Mm. on um but I think that's probably what started my interest in mental health and I think also just going to school being a teenager we all had struggles and I think it's quite hard not to be interested and not to um want to help your friends and yourself um so I think that's where it started from and had I known what I know now I think I probably would have studied psychology at university or so yeah I think you know I, I looked at around schools for my kids and went into the psychology classroom and one of them went oh my god this is home <laughs> this, oh this fantastic I know but it's funny isn't it? and I think the work that I do now is probably very similar to what I would have done even if I had gone down that route yeah you've just gone a different a different way to it yeah exactly you know the benefit of hindsight and I think mental health I mean it's just so important and it's still not talked about enough while mm. there is so much more talk of it and so much more openness I still feel that unfortunately loads of people do have some kind of stigma around it and I really want to change that because it's it's just health at the end of the day it's not mental health or physical health it's actually about what what keeps us going well you know I couldn't agree more on that (laughs) so um you run your own business don't you do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah my business is quietosophy and I help 
quiet people or introverts to um, deal with stress, deal with overwhelm, but also particularly to learn them how to, to teach them how to use their voice without having to shout. I think the world is geared towards extroverts and there's nothing wrong with extroverts, but sometimes it can be more challenging for the quieter amongst us. And that was really what made me want to change my business. I have been working in stress management anyway, but it was that realization that actually the clients that I work best with, the clients that I enjoyed working with were introverts like me. Mm. And I think it's my knowledge of introversion and its skills and its powers and also the things that we introverts do well and less well I think um, it's been really interesting to put that into the work that I do with my clients it's interesting because I was reading on LinkedIn one of your posts about Mm. um, being at school and you know being asked you know speak up speak up and the pressure that as an introvert that would put on you and actually I think my it really resonated because my son who's 11 has a tendency to when he's talking to people he doesn't know he goes exceptionally quiet and I know I've found myself and my husband has as well of saying come on speak up speak up loud voice loud voice and you think actually we're so wrong in doing that I mean it's not wrong necessarily but it that shows how ingrained it is that there is that kind of the one stereotype which is that you do communicate and you do speak up and introverts it's not that we can't speak up it's not that we can't um can't talk but i think one of the big differences is that introverts like to think before they speak they think first and then Mm. um, have something to say whereas extroverts think while they speak so actually it's easier for them to crack on and I think particularly in that you know the classroom example that's really tough when you're one of the quieter children and you're expected to think on your feet you probably think of something brilliant to say after the fact but actually you're you're unable to kind of um yeah to put your your thoughts into words quickly enough in those kind of environments I know for me um as a I've described myself as an introverted extrovert because I I love my own company and I love being quiet but I know that I'm quite loud as you probably will remember (laughs) from our Pilates classes where I was with the noisy group Um, (laughs) but I know that even making this podcast has taught me the skills of listening to people and and really thinking before I speak rather than filling an awkward silence which as I suppose I don't know I would imagine it is a trait of an extrovert it's exclusively an extrovert thing, but it it is just interesting. And I think all of us exist at somewhere along the spectrum. It's There are very few people that are pure extrovert or pure introvert. And I think also there are certain situations or circumstances that we feel happier and where, so I know with groups of my friends, I can be as loud as any of them because it's a situation where I feel very happy and safe. Um, But for me, you know, walking into a networking, a networking group where I don't know anyone is absolutely hideous and I hate it. Whereas actually, I'm the same. I am the same. I bloody hate networking. Mm. You see, I don't hate it. And the one of the weird things about lockdown is online networking, I think is awesome. And I didn't think at all no I completely agree with you I um I went to a summit and I actually met a couple of people that I've since had on the podcast right and doing that one-to-one networking or you know just like mingling in a quick zoom group I found so much easier than the in-person 
Yeah, I agree. And I think online, everyone gets given their time, don't they? You know, rather than if particularly if you're sort of quieter, feeling that you've got to butt in or you've got to make yourself heard. Actually, there's something a bit more egalitarian about it um, online. So, yeah, networking, I, I do it in person, but actually online, I think it's been brilliant. One of the really surprising things of the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. So you say that you've worked in stress management as well. Mm-hmm. Have you got any um any advice that you would pass on? I'm sure you have got loads of advice, actually. So it's a bit of a silly question. But have you got any advice that you would particularly pass on to people during lockdown or people that possibly after lockdown will be suffering um, with, I don't know, anxiety for going out or just what the what the new future and the new horrible phrase new normal will bring? Yeah, I think as you said there are so many things that we could talk about but I think the main thing is just being kind to yourself I think we often put so much pressure on ourselves to do the best to do this to do that and I know lockdown has imposed a certain kind of calm in some senses because there are lots of things that actually we physically can't do anymore lots of activities or places to go that aren't open but I think if you are able to just give yourself some space and to acknowledge that it is tough, but it's okay to find it tough. And actually it's probably very, very normal. Um, but by taking that time to pause, you can hopefully find some perspective on, on life and actually that use that to help you move forward a bit. Um, I think also energy and managing your energy resources is really important. Again, with that tendency to try and do too much or to keep going and keep going I remember reading a few years ago about the corporate athlete um I think it was a Harvard business review thing which was right at the beginning of um when I started doing my coaching training Mm. and it was talking about how an actual athlete will train very hard do their events and then recover whereas the corporate athlete and many of us who aren't in the corporate world also just keep going at full pelt the whole time yeah and when we do that you think no wonder people burn out no wonder people just get utterly overwhelmed because we don't give ourselves that time to rest and to pause so I think being able to do that and managing your energy and prioritizing that as well which is something that I know a lot of us struggle with Um, I would definitely say that people really struggle struggle with prioritizing themselves full stop don't they because there is there even during the whole lockdown episodes there's so much going on and people have feel that they've got to still be high achieving um, that they don't prioritize themselves. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think it's really sad that we think of looking after ourselves as a kind of nice to have Mm. or something that's down the bottom of the list. Whereas actually we're no good to anyone if we don't look after ourselves, Um, you know, not just we're no good to ourselves but you know we're no good to those around us to our family friends or the people who we work with so actually looking after yourself is probably the most important thing that any of us can do it's interesting actually because we're recording on self-care week at the moment and a fellow a fellow gym lady I don't know if you know Amy she said to me yesterday I have recently learned the benefit of self-care and it has honestly transformed my life I used to think me time was self-indulgent but now see the good it does our whole family so it just reiterates exactly what you were saying and that's brilliant and you know I, I wish we could all do that because that's absolutely what it is and it's it's noticing that it's you know as ABC said it's not just she who benefits but actually everyone else around her does as well so that's that's fabulous I'm really pleased for her 
I know it's good, isn't it? I was really pleased as well. Mm. When, she, when she sent me that, I said, right, I need to quote it. I need to quote <laughs> it. So it's worked out brilliantly. <laughs> so um, what are your own sort of coping mechanisms and support for your own mental health? You know, obviously you take on other people's um, issues and they're, you know, look after other people such a lot. But what do you do for yourself? So for me, again, it comes down to that energy management. So if I know that I am going to be working with a client that is likely to be more um, sort of challenging for me personally than with others, because obviously, you know, we do deal with um, personal things that my um, clients share with me. Sometimes I eat that that affects me more than others. Um, but again, I make sure that, you know, I don't do back to back client calls. I make sure that I have some time afterwards to write up my notes, but also to decompress a bit if I need to. Mm, of course. Uh, but then on a day to day basis, um, exercise, getting outside. Um, but on the exercise front, particularly go back to our gym, the, um, the trampoline classes are my absolute. Oh, I know. Favorite. I miss those. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just make me so happy it's so simple isn't it bouncing up yeah. and down on a tiny trampoline and actually my present to myself at the beginning of lockdown was to buy myself a trampoline did you yeah Fantastic. and that was before before I knew that the gym were going to be streaming classes I bought one anyway because I was like I'm not going to be able to survive otherwise so I have it set up in my office that I then have to hide when I'm on <laughs> so no one can see me but yeah so getting outside bouncing um and also talking to friends. And I know it's harder now to talk to friends face to face, but even picking up the phone or a Zoom call is just so restorative and so mm. important. Um, and I love reading. You know, I'm an introvert. I guess that's kind of typical. But having quiet time where I can just sit down with a book is glorious. Do you read a lot of work related things and psychology, psychology books or do you have a genre of trashy stuff that's so light-hearted you can wash over you i do both happy I, <laughs> I read a lot so i have a huge i have a huge pile of workbooks which i seem to buy more of before i can even read them and i do read fairly quickly um but then also i read i mean i love crime but i do yeah i'm the same trash and actually i did find particularly at the beginning of lockdown there were lots of books that i actually couldn't read it was just too stressful and yeah. too too much so i have done a good line in um in the last few months of some fairly unchallenging reading and it's been great <laughs> just going completely off topic and this isn't normally a question have you got a book of the year oh yes well I have two actually go on am I allowed to have two yeah okay so first one is where the crawdads sing which was by right. Delia Owens and I kind of stumbled across it on Amazon it seems like everyone else in the world has also stumbled across mm. it I have heard uh, of it I've not read it yeah it was just it was a really really beautiful story and just incredibly engrossing but also quite gentle and I read that right at the beginning of lockdown the first lockdown so mm. that's sort of just it was the right thing to read at the right time and then another book that I've read recently was Girl Woman Other which was the Bernadine Evaristo um right anyone and again it was just brilliant um 12 different women sort of telling their stories across um across you know well some of them decades ago mm. and it was just fascinating and I've since listened to her being interviewed a number of times on podcasts and Desert Island Discs and I think she's an incredible woman and really inspirational and sort of as much for her life experiences as for her literature so um yes those are two books that I particularly enjoyed in the last few months well they've now been 
very much added to my book list because I'm I'm a I'm a reader and a listener of books. So I um I go for about a four mile walk every morning and listen to my books that way. Because so what are you listening to at the moment? Or what uh, so I have just finished uh, Candice Brathwaite's "I Am Not Your Baby Mother." Oh yes, which was yes. brilliant. Um, yeah. And I think my book of the year would be Matt Haig's "The Midnight Library." Oh gosh, isn't that brilliant? I read that last week. Yes, yeah. I love that. Well, I yeah. love his stuff, but yeah, that was brilliant. So yeah, so I've got I've got a million other audibles to listen mm. to, and I, oh, and I'm um, currently proper reading as well. John Mars the Minders, which is a crime novel. Excellent. So yes. Anyway, back to mental health. I do love <laughs> I lo- do love a digression Digress. into books. Yes. <laughs> and so Sophie, what piece of advice would you pass on to anybody, whether it's about lockdown or stress management or um or to to you're handling life as an introvert? I would say to trust your gut and actually trust that you do know what's right for you. And it's very easy to spend your time doing things that you feel you should be doing. Um, Whereas I think it's actually much more important to look at things in terms of what you need to be doing and what you want to be doing. And some of the things we need to be doing are the boring things like taking the bins out or doing Mm. your tax returns, but actually they're not shoulds, they actually need to happen. Whereas I think a lot of things that we do do are because we feel there's an external expectation that we feel we ought to be doing them whereas actually I think it we need to simplify it and do things that we need to do for work for life for love and things we want to do but get rid of the shoulds because I think they're evil I think couldn't agree with you more absolutely thank you so much Sophie well it's been lovely to talk to you thank you very much for asking me to be on your podcast you're very welcome Thank you for listening to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. Please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast so that others may find us. Remember, One in Four is not intended to take the place of professional help. If you need help, there is a list of resources in the show notes on SoundCloud. And finally, please remember you are not alone.